I'm Mark Pender for Econoday with Mark Rogers, Senior Economist of Econoday. Mark, we're coming off an interesting week, some of which uh, we already talked about just after the Fed decision on Wednesday. The highlight was Fed Chair Janet Yellen's press conference and uh, comments at that conference that the first rate hike could be as soon as six months after the end of the bond purchase program when taper is down to zero. Any thoughts about the decision since and, uh, and her comments? I really do think, and this is my personal opinion, I think there was an overreaction by some traders to one simple sentence. Uh, basically, she said in, in response to the question of when the first rate hike might take place, she said, quote, uh, probably means something on the order of around six months or that type of thing. It was not a completely precise statement, even though there was a number in the middle of it. Uh, she also said that it would be a considerable time after the end of bond purchases before the first rate hike occurs. So there is more vagueness than traders really traded on. And um, Later it, in the week, yeah, yeah, stocks bounced back on Thursday. Oh, uh, was it a rethink uh, on Yellen? I think it was some of a rethink on Yellen and also some good economic news. Uh, also, uh, she got some support from Fed speak, in, including from uh, a relatively conservative uh, district bank president, uh, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard. Uh, in his commentary or in a speech basically said that the, the surveys that he had seen from private forecasters uh, essentially indicated exactly what Janet Yellen said. Uh, somewhere, not exactly, but somewhere six months beyond uh, the end of taper. So um, there was a little little bit of overreaction and some rethinking, but there was also some favorable economic news. Uh, jobless claims, they were up only 5,000, and that was a still low number and below expectations. The Philly Fed index came out. It was up to uh, a reading of nine versus expectations of three, and with new orders improving, uh, leading indicators topped expectations, jumping 0.5%. So uh, the data are suggesting improving economic growth ahead. So that was somewhat behind the rebound on Thursday, plus a rethink of <laughs> Yellen speak. And this week we got significant updates, uh, including on housing and manufacturing. We're taping. Monday midday, and we've already had the PMI flash, which showed uh, solid rates of growth in, so far this month. And uh, but we'll start with housing. The starts number last week essentially met expectations, but the forward-looking permits figure was much higher than forecast. That's right. That's uh, what helped move the markets up a bit. Uh, 
permits were up substantially. However, the caveat is uh, it was all due to a boost in the multifamily component. Overall permits jumped a whopping monthly 7.7 percent, uh, but the increase was largely from an even more whopping 24.3 percent monthly spike in multifamily unions, uh, units. Uh, the single family component actually eased 1.8 percent. So housing seems to be coming out of the severe winter weather doldrums, but it's sure. largely in the multifamily component. That, and Mark, does the, the gain for multi, uh, the, the condos, is that a, a, a renter issue? And what, what, does that say anything about the economy? I, I, it may, more than anything, indicate that there's been a long-term change in uh, households' view of the investment worthiness of the housing sector. Uh, I think after the last recession, there's general recognition that owning a home may not be the best way to invest your money. Well, that's uh, right. The single family, as you mentioned, sector is clearly sputtering. Uh, last week's data, for the sixth time in seven months, sales of existing homes contracted, uh, and the uh, uh, that follows even more severe contraction in January. And year in year, existing home sales are down 7.1%, which is the steepest decline in, in nearly three years. There are some question marks about the single family sector. And we're taping midday Monday. So looking ahead, uh, we'll, we'll this week get to see if the single family component gets some lift from some other indicators. There, uh, <laughs> there are actually quite a few reports. Uh, we have coming out the, later this week new home sales, pending existing home sales, FHFA home prices, and Case Shiller home prices. And so, the Case Shiller is interesting because we we're talking about the renters, and uh, home prices are far higher than uh, rates of, of gains in home home prices are far higher than sales rates. Uh, prices continue to rise, not but not quite as fast as in the earlier months. Uh, it, it's been a little bit volatile, but the the trajectory, even though there's monthly volatility, the trajectory has lowered a bit. Um, we did get a let's see for Case Schiller, um, we had a zero point eight percent rise in the most recent reading, but uh, as I said. Uh, the tra trajectory is slower, but uh, the prices are still rising largely due to supply shortages, but uh, sales are still, they're, they're softening, but uh, home prices are still on the rise, but just not as fast. That goes by both the case Schiller and FHFA on average. Let's turn quickly to manufacturing. Uh, we had already mentioned the PMI flash was solid, and last week's Philly Fed was solid. We have a couple more uh, regional ones, but then we have the durable goods orders, a uh, very important report on Wednesday. That's right. Uh, we had a, a solid market uh, PMI flash number. It was uh, 
down a bit, but it was still very solid at a 55.5 reading, and that indicates healthy growth. Uh, the only problem for the markets was that uh, it was a little below expectations, but overall it was a healthy reading, so that's good news for the manufacturing sector. And uh, the next big reading is going to be for durable goods orders later this week. Uh, and, you know, for the durable goods order report, uh, you've got to look at two numbers. You've got to look at headline, and you've got to look beyond the transportation component, primarily uh, aircraft, and look at the core level. And for January, the headline number did not look that great, and it was all about volatility in the aircraft component, and uh, the core was uh, much more positive, uh, excluding transportation. Orders were up 1.1%. Uh, so we're starting to get some favorable readings uh, from the national level in terms of manufacturing surveys regional Fed surveys. So it's going to be an important report, uh, but uh, we're going to have to look past the headline and focus on the core. And let's focus on the consumer sector. On Friday we have two reports. We have consumer sentiment and we also earlier at 8.30 in the morning have personal income and outlays. Uh, that's right. Uh, the consumer sector has been a little soft also, but uh, there's signs of improvement. Uh, well, last month uh, the consumption number sadly was led by the Affordable Care Act uh, based on services gaining as individuals signed up for the government-sponsored uh, health insurance program. So we need to get some better numbers in terms of spending, uh, and that may actually happen. We had, even though uh, the level didn't change that much for motor vehicle sales, we did get a uh, gain in motor vehicle sales for February. Uh, it was up 0.7%, uh, so that may translate into some lift for consumer spending for February. Also on the income side from the employment situation report, uh, private aggregate weekly earnings rose 0.2% for February. So we may get a mild gain in personal income and of course uh, we really should focus mostly on the wages and salaries component and there's a high chance that that's going to be positive. So it looks like we're having some forward momentum heading into the second quarter uh, with the, the latter part of the first quarter being a little bit stronger than the first part. Thank you very much as always, Mark Rogers of Econoday. I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.